Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stepping Off Now podcast. I'm Kendra. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I thought I would do a more lighthearted type of episode today. I feel that my topics have been kind of serious lately. So today I'm going to just give you some updates from my life and tell you about my plans for summer. And also, I have a challenge for you if you feel like accepting it. Don't worry, it's not an onerous challenge, but it is a challenge nonetheless, and it's one that I am doing myself this summer. Summer feels like a good time for this type of challenge. But before I get into that, I just wanted to say a few things about how I view summer. Summer is, of course, obviously a very special time of year, and we're used to seeing it that way because most of us had the experience of having summer vacations as a child. And even as adults, we tend to view summer as a time to take vacations, slow down a little bit, take it easy. I love that about summer. But it's also true that as we mature into the world of adult responsibilities, often summers can kind of start to look like the rest of the year, right? Especially for those of us who are child-free. But I would imagine even for people who do have children, summertime may even be a period of time where your responsibilities seem to increase because kids are out of school. I can remember when I was a kid, the excitement of going off to summer camp during the day and then eventually the overnight kind and only realizing (laughs) in retrospect as I got older that that wasn't really for me. It was for my parents to relieve some of the pressure of having, having the kids at home. Now, my mother was a teacher And so she also had summers off, but I think not being used to always having kids at home and probably wanting to take a break herself from having to keep kids occupied all the time, as was her responsibilities as a teacher, it was uh, great for her to have us have those kinds of activities of camp. I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, probably something that most of you know, so distinct four seasons, and summer is pretty hot and humid up there, or so I thought. I used to think that a temperature in the 80s Fahrenheit, so 85 degrees, which is quite hot, at least it was in Wilmington, Delaware, that would be around like the high 20s in Celsius, around 29 29 to 30. So that's that's getting on up there. Once I moved down to Florida, I realized that I did not know what heat and humidity were. Summer in the South is its own thing. And while that heat and humidity really are a beast and really do sap your energy, I've grown to love summer in the American South because you really are almost forced to slow down and kind of sink into summer. I often say that summer down here is like winter up north. It's the time of year that you tend to spend more time indoors to avoid the heat, humidity, and bugs, mosquitoes. It's also rainy season here in summer, where I live, which is north central Florida. So we get daily rain, which doesn't help things. And even when you have the air conditioner on, You just never seem to be able to escape the heat. It is almost a tropical environment. 
It's considered subtropical here where I live, but the summertime certainly feels full-on tropical. And I love it. I really do. Weirdly, I'm drawn to spend more time outside during the summer, and it's the time of year that I tend to take lots of walks. And seeing as I have three dogs now, I do have lots of opportunities to take walks. Those of you who have been following me for a while know that last summer, I sank into summer through having a summer of solitude. And looking back from the vantage point of this summer, the real standout thing about last summer, besides the fact that I finally managed to finish a completed manuscript for a novel after 15 years of trying, so that was a really big deal. The major standout is how wonderfully happy my little family was. At the time, it was myself, my dog Manly, who's a black lab, my dog Jasmine, who's a Havanese, and Lucy, my cat. I remember thinking during that summer how happy we all were, just the four of us enjoying our lives together in my little artist's bungalow and the summer vegetation kind of encroaching (laughs) on us here in the house, very jungly here in the summer. And I'm so grateful looking back for that time. I sensed change was coming. I didn't know it yet, but within a couple months, I would adopt a puppy. And then, of course, I would lose Lucy at the start of this summer. And I think I sensed. I sensed those changes coming because I did make a point that entire summer of really appreciating and enjoying my beautiful little family. And it was one of our happiest times altogether. So that was a success (laughs) last summer. This summer, for sinking into summer, I have decided that it's going to be a time where I transition from being what I've considered myself up to now, uh, a creative sometimes an artist, a content creator, someone who is running a creative business, transition into considering myself as an author. I'm rounding the bend on final revisions of my novel, at least prior to querying agents. And the bulk of the summer is going to be spent really polishing that manuscript and going ever deeper into its characters, its thematics, its story and the writing itself. And I realized over the last week or so that I'm actually already an author. I have a completed novel. If I were to publish this novel now, it's decent enough, you know, that it's it's an actual publishable novel. It's not as good as I want it to be, but it's basically kind of sort of finished in terms of readability and story. I'm an author, you know, and it just dawned on me that I can call myself that now, because I absolutely do plan to put this novel out into the world one way or another. And with that in mind, I thought, well, the time has come to start to act like an author, to present myself to the world as an author, because after all, this is all I've ever wanted to be. Since I was a child, as much as I've always been a generalist in terms of my interests, and I have done a lot of different things in my life, and I'm grateful for all of those experiences and those accomplishments, my true dream has always been to be an author, not just a writer, but an author, and specifically an author of novels, (laughs) which I do recognize as possibly a dying art form 
but it's not dead yet. (laughs) And it's the one that is my chosen form and represents the greatest challenge for me in terms of writing. A lot of what this is going to look like is simply a mindset shift. You all know that I'm really big on mindset shifts, and I consider mindset shifts to be the major work that one needs to do in terms of living the creative life and creative identity. The mindset shift part of it is like the part of the iceberg that's like under the water. But the stuff that you guys are going to be seeing is I am going to transition a lot of my content a little bit more towards writing topics. I'm still going to talk about creativity in a general sense as applicable to any type of creative. I'm still going to talk about living the creative life, however however that looks for you, whether you're a writer or not, mental health issues, neurodiversity, all of those things that form the core of my public work. But my perspective itself, I think, is just going to naturally shift as I step more fully into this new identity of author. And I expect, although I don't really know yet, that there will be an evolution of my work more towards talking specifically about writing-related topics. A lot of this is probably going to take place on my Patreon, my third tier, the reverse side of the tapestry, where I've already put out a lot of content having to do with the behind the scenes of running a creative business and being a writer. But I do think one place you will see this change be most visible is on my blog. My blog is currently still on hiatus. I put it on hiatus in order to give myself some time to mourn my cat, Lucy. And this summer, I'm going to use my blog as the major platform on which to express myself as author. So I'm going to be switching some things around and turning it into more of an author landing page and start to think about blog topics that can be more specifically tailored towards the writing community. So that's really my major goal for the summer. And of course, along with that, I'll be getting ready to query. I'm not sure exactly when I'll start querying, if it will be later this summer or in the fall. A major part of querying, as I've spoken about before, is researching agents. And this is an enormously challenging and time-consuming task. If you are currently writing a novel and hoping to query it, I would really recommend start starting to research agents about a year before you expect to start querying. It's one of those tasks that you just have to keep going back to over and over and over as you refine your ideas about what your novel is, where it fits on the shelves, who might be interested, and really sort of getting into the nitty gritty of each agent and researching who they represent and what kind of deals they make. It's an exhausting task, (laughs) let me tell you, and you have to do it in little bits and pieces. It's not something that you can just get done in a weekend. It takes multiple hours over multiple many, many months. So that brings me to the challenge that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. I talked a few weeks ago about meeting change with change as a way to deal with the unexpected in our lives. What this means is that when life throws a wrench in the works, to think about additional intentional changes that you can make in your life to kind of rest back some of your agency. And 
this is something that I've been taking very seriously. The wrench in my works, of course, was losing my cat. And I know that I keep mentioning this ad nauseum, but it's a really, it's a really big thing in my life. Uh, rest assured, I won't be talking about it forever. But I, I sort of have been using that as a springboard to contemplate really stepping into transition at this time in my life. And like I said, I've, I've sort of been feeling this coming on for a long time. And I've been slowly contemplating what it means in terms of my creative business. So the challenge that I have decided to make for myself is to take something fairly large off my plate this summer, and probably permanently. This is the challenge that I want to suggest to you, if you feel like taking it up, is to find something in your own life that you can take off your plate. Now, I have some very specific criteria for what this can be. First and foremost, I am not talking about something that is going to really stress and strain you. So I'm not talking, for example, about giving up sugar or quitting alcohol or something along those lines. Of course, you can do those things if you want, but that's that's not the challenge that I'm I'm putting to you. I'm not talking about denying yourself something that's going to be really, really effortful. The kind of thing I'm talking about is something that when you give it up, it's going to feel like a huge relief. And this is something that you've been hanging on to that you're continuing to make yourself do because you feel like you should, you feel like you have to, maybe you have people depending on you. So giving it up is going to have consequences. It's going to really challenge you because you're going to have to deal with all of those emotions around it. So the giving up of the thing is going to be a challenge. But once you get over that hump, you're just going to feel relief. You may miss it. You may miss it a little bit. But ultimately, this is something that it was just time to say goodbye to. Something that was holding you back from personal growth. And it could be something that really was serving you in the past, something that was a catalyst for personal growth in the past, but its use by date has passed or is is coming up due. There are a couple things in my life that I'm doing this with. I've mentioned some of them here today. One of them is my plans for my blog, which involve not just shifting topics a little bit, but probably writing fewer blog posts. I was writing one a week for a number of years, and I'm going to pull back on that so I can focus more of my creative energies on my actual fiction now that I'm a, quote, real author. (laughs) I've also scaled back my newsletter. I'm going to be doing that every other week instead of every week, and it's going to be a little bit different in terms of content. And I'm going to be giving up one more thing that I am not going to talk about today on this episode because I'm not quite at the point of making that official announcement. So think about your life. Think about what you have on your plate and the relative squeeze (laughs) between all of those items. Is there something in your own life that has just become onerous to do that maybe it's not even something you have to do, but it's something that just isn't bringing you the same kind of joy or benefits that it used to, but you're just kind of holding on to it because that's your habit and because you have a lot of emotional and psychological 
reasons wrapped up in why you need to keep doing that thing. And remember that this very well could be something that other people want you to keep doing. So you may be feeling pressures from outside of yourself as well, but you can explain your choice to let this thing go, to jettison it, to push it off the plate, to let it slide, however you want to picture that for yourself, by acknowledging that doing so is for your own mental health. Really, it's for your own personal happiness. But a lot of us have trouble saying that we're doing something or deciding we're not going to do something for reasons of our own personal happiness because it feels selfish. I don't have a problem with being selfish when I need to be. And I think that we should all embrace being selfish on occasion, on occasion, mainly because nine times out of 10, we're not actually being selfish. But the reason I'm in favor of embracing that designation is because we fear it so much, especially women, I think, just really have a block when it comes to doing things to please themselves. And that's what I'm talking about here. However, to make it a little bit easier, we can frame it as having to do with maintaining our mental health. But ultimately, this is something that needs to feel good. Again, that's the central component of this challenge is that giving up this thing should lead to feelings of relief and eventually personal satisfaction and joy. So if you're interested in taking up this challenge, I would love to hear what you choose in your life to let go of. Could be a small thing, could be a big thing. It's entirely up to you. And you can even decide that you're going to alter this challenge for your own purposes, as long as it involves giving something up, not adding something. So don't come at me with you're going to like start a new exercise program. That's not what I'm talking about here. And as long as it's something that isn't going to cause you undue pain, like giving up sugar for the entire summer. If you want to do that, fine. But again, that's not what this challenge is about. Okay, so I think that I've explained it sufficiently. One final thing I want to tack on here at the end of this episode. It's a little project that I've made for myself this summer. And I'm mentioning it here because maybe you have some suggestions for me around this activity. I've decided that I am going to be watching slash studying the films of the golden era of Hollywood. So these are films from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. I'm not a huge movie fan, so it's weird that I would pick this as a summer project, but I've realized that older movies are actually easier for me to watch in terms of how they impact my nervous system because of being an HSP. It's very difficult for me to enjoy contemporary movies because they're often too conflict-filled and too drama-filled. There's just a lot of gratuitous conflict. They're really for those people who really like their dopamine hits, but as an HSP and an introvert, I do not. I like slower, more thoughtful films, and some of the older films are just more of a pleasure for me to watch. And I realized this because I just by chance decided to watch The Long Hot Summer with Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward the other night. And I was like, oh, wow, this must be what normal people feel when they watch movies. Like, they actually enjoy them. (laughs) So I'm like, why don't I just make a, a study of this? And I'm really coming at it from the perspective of wanting to see 
the difference between what films were during that era and what they became later in the 70s, 80s, and beyond. And from the perspective of studying the creative choices of the actors in terms of their style of acting, the directors, the visuals, all of that stuff. So I wanted to ask you if you have any favorites from that era, 30s, 40s, 50s, that I should try to watch this summer. If so, let me know. That's it for this week. I hope that you'll join me in sinking into the summer, that you'll join me in this challenge that I've set, and maybe even join me in finding an activity of your own, a totally new thing that you can enjoy this summer that is purely for the sake of enjoyment, whether that be a physical or emotional enjoyment or an intellectual enjoyment. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll be back next week. Same time, same place. See you then. Bye.